0: And then it just all kind of sort of dawned on me one day. I was actually watching, like, Forrest Gump in the hospital room. And he said, it was uh, Lieutenant Dan, he was like, do you know what it's like to not be able to use your legs? And, like, that just, like, hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like, oh, my God, I'm paralyzed. Like, that's why I'm in a neck brace. Accepting my life for what it is, I feel like, even just a few months ago I was like not ready to fully accept like my life and I could say that I accepted it as much as I wanted but I didn't feel it like deep down and um, now it feels like I believe it in a way realizing that I don't know life is just a big cycle and you have to like do different things to get different outcomes and I don't know. It's just all amazing.
1: (laughs) This is Inspired Astrology with Lauren K. Hickman, offering energy interpretation for every new moon, full moon and significant celestial event. Hello and welcome. Welcome to the space space cast the space of being the space of this moment this is lauren k hickman and you've reached the inspired astrology podcast i'm recording this on sunday september 26 2021 um, for those of you new welcome hello how's it going um, feel free to check out the rest of this work you know um, I think the format that I have been developing this last, I guess, year and a half of creating these podcasts in space is to open up with a bit of a monologue based on experiences, based on what feels like is coming to surface to teach, and as well as the astrology report, a little bit of tidbits of information to support you on your astrological journey, either learning for yourself. Having a just an interest of what all the all the fuss is about with using reflective astrology as a tool for our understanding and navigating this big, spacious, groundless experience of being human. I'm Lauren K. Hickman. Um, I am an astrologist and. Uh, Before I became an astrologist, I was a Reiki practitioner, and I still claim that title as my first and foremost uh, practice. Reiki came into my life as a 17-year-old, and I have been practicing it, studying it, working to learn everything I can and to master this energy or make friends with the energy or cooperate with this energy. Uh, so that someday I can help teach others to do that. So, I am in apprenticeship with my master teacher, and I studied with her master teacher before her, and continue to develop this purpose and existence in my life to develop intuition, to develop true service and compassion towards myself and other beings. It's been a long and beautiful and bumpy journey down this road. My mom was an esoteric astrologer. I had an astrologer as a babysitter as a kid, and I was fascinated by the glyphs and images and the feeling of being seen for the first time in my life. Um, Yeah, astrology has always been a second language for me, and I really balked and pressed against the dedication it takes to learning another language. Because if, if you study another language, if you've ever done that for school or in your personal life or trying to understand and travels, uh, maybe you are b- bilingual. Um, I had a Uber driver who spoke seven languages, right? And when you are learning other languages, you're, you're learning archetypology, you're learning code switching, you're learning the psychology, the, the rhythms, the symbolism, the stories, the connections, the way that words interact with one another. And that's how it works with astrology charts. Um, So it's been a a great journey the last eight years of really taking this on as a task. Um, I've been writing professional moon reports for a great store in Des Moines, Iowa called Kin. I say in Des Moines, but also online because kin.dsm.com is a great source for beautifully curated vintage jewelry of all sorts. Um, beautiful home goods and items. And of course, if you're in the Des Moines area, always a great place to stop through and uplift your spirits. And it being Libra season, one of the opening dates for that store, I always think of um, their d- double openings between the two spaces in Des Moines, uh, in Taurus, and in Libra season. So this is a store that's very much ruled by the energy of Venus, by the energy of attraction, self worth desire, learning what we like, what we want, and who we want to connect with so that we can continue to grow, continue to learn, and integrate into ourselves. I do pop-ups there when I'm in the Des Moines area, but I also do pop-ups online, do a lot of stuff. Um, (laughs) Look at me, just trying to introduce myself so we can get to the astrology, but um, yeah, so... I was talking about Kin. I do their full moon and new moon reports every month. So you can follow them online at kin.dsm on Instagram, or of course, follow me on Instagram at Lauren K. Hickman. And you're going to get all sorts of goodies and tidbits and my random brain and thoughts about all things everywhere, <laughs> along with some goofy pictures that I choose to curate because uh, I don't know, I don't, I don't like like On the shiny. Life is a little bit too gruff. Maybe that's my Scorpio stellium talking. But uh, I will bring you the shiny as well as the gunky. That should be my next like sticker or (laughs) tagline. The shiny and the gunky. Welcome to Lauren K. Hickman Inspired Astrology. Um, What else? Yeah, sign up for the Moon Mailer. The Moon Mailer comes twice a month to your inbox and you'll get some insight on what's going on in my world, uh, as well as the full moon and new moon reports in an extended copy uh, to get you off of the tiny screen of Instagram and into a larger format and something that you can come back to rather than chase down online. I am trying to open myself up to other er, other platforms like pinterest which is not really my cup of tea but i will do what i can to enter and establish myself in a greater space i'm not the queen of search engine optimization nor do i care to be but i certainly want to reach an audience that needs me wants me wants to participate with me um I am so grateful for all of you listeners out there who are committed to connecting with this work and for following the journey. Um, There's about 100 of you that tune in on a regular basis and that means so much to me to know that there is some reason for me putting time and energy into this work every week or two. Consistency is not my greatest gift so you will get these podcast pretty sporadically I try to um, hop on before the full moon and new moon um, as life has started to gear up after vaccinations. so less consistent but also uh, much persistent I'm going to stick to this platform because I love doing this work and it gives me a chance to process things uh, in real time rather than uh, on the page so here I am talking to you live <laughs> from Milwaukee Wisconsin As always, my trusted familiar dragon is sitting with me, and we've just entered Libra season this week, the equinox, and it just was shy of hitting up on the Pisces full moon of this season, and if you were listening to the Pisces full moon session last week, um, certainly it was a very Neptunian moment in time. Uh, very emotional time for most people that I've chatted with. And I hope that you are being very gentle with yourself when all of the feels uh, come to the surface, when it feels like your skin is porous and penetrable, that your armor is unsuited, so that you can work with things that maybe were ready to pop up, right, come to the surface. I have to say that this uh, Pisces Full Moon Week for me has been incredibly troubling um, on a lot of levels. Uh, I have not shared this on a, on a public scale, but you might have seen my um, posting on Instagram uh, requesting for some support. I'm calling it fundraising instead of fundraising or crowdfunding. Um, I really want to be able to give back and to have exchange of service, so I am answering your questions for $20. Any question about astrology, about Reiki, about your life, if you want to know something uh, something about my life, you can ask me a personal question. I can draw some cards for you. Um, the reason that I'm doing that is I've had some car troubles, ladies and gentle thems. Um, it seems that every <laughs> every eclipse and every Mercury retrograde in the last three years, I have had car trouble. And uh, we'll be talking a lot about the Mercury retrograde this week on top of the Libra season. Uh, to me, there is some deep entrenched irony in that, uh, especially with the Gemini-Sagittarius nodal axis of the last couple of eclipses in the seasons uh, previous. Um Gemini often rules communication. Mercury is that ruling planet. And that is all about travel and connection and movement and trade. So many things. Um, and my vehicles, my vehicles have been a reflection of this mercurial aspect. Um, to give you the, the short journey of this, my, my long beloved Prius that I uh, had for many, many years... Uh, died on Fleur Avenue in Des Moines, Iowa, uh, June, 2020. Um, the eclipse season before that I had crashed it sliding down a hill and I hit a glacier on my last week at Campbell's nutrition, working there last day, in fact. Um, so there was a lot of like, Oh, what am I, what am I doing with my life? I don't understand. Um, so I said goodbye to the Prius. I got another car, a used Subaru, and the engine was jacked. It had 130,000 miles on it, and it caputted. Um, It was eating oil. I don't want to get into all the, but there's been, there's been some car issues. There was a Honda CRV there somewhere in the middle uh, of May and June this year, and I will forever call Honda's CRY, Honda Cry, uh, because I can't look at them the same after my experience earlier this year. Um, so I finally got my hands on a Hyundai and that's my first Hyundai I've ever owned. And it had low mileage and I was like, cool. Like I finally, finally got this figured out. I have a, I have a car that has low mileage. It's a newer vehicle. I feel good about this. It's shiny. It's blue, uh, (laughs) cost me way more than I would have normally paid for a vehicle. But you know, it was used I feel good about that and there is a problem here in milwaukee that 14 year olds 15 year olds these teenagers are stealing kia and hyundai vehicles Um, this isn't just some isolated incident this is happening 25 to 40 times every day every day 25 to 40 vehicles are stolen by teenagers And I parked my car last week on the solstice. I came to grab it and or Equinox, pardon me. Um, I came and I went to go grab it from my parking spot and it was gone and there was glass on the ground and I couldn't believe it. So called the tow lots, called the Milwaukee Police Department and a very... um, (laughs) very nice police officer. I hate saying that, but he he was really compassionate towards the situation because, hey, he's doing this 25 to 40 times a day, dealing with these cars. There have been 6,000 cars stolen in Milwaukee in this year, 2021. That's a 2,500% increase. So I'm a victim. Um, and I thought that was ironic because, you know, Pisces... Pisces full moon, Pisces the victim, the martyr, right? That that uh, mundane identity that comes with Pisces. Oh, poor me. Compassion. <laughs> Pity. And they recovered the vehicle 24 hours later, and it was crashed into a wall on the other side of town. Um, they punched out the back window. It was... Um, The hatch is completely crashed into the front bumper was damaged on both sides and uh, they ripped out the steering ignition column. And you can you can start a Kia or a Hyundai uh, with a common electric electrical cord that we all use to charge our phones, a USB port. Um, Yeah. Design flaw for sure, but this is a problem specifically in Milwaukee. And yours truly um, didn't update my insurance to cover theft. So I am paying out of pocket $5,000 is the estimate uh, to get my car fixed since all the windows are smashed out and the steering column is ruined and so many things, right? And I'm sharing this journey because I I feel like it really resonates with equanimity with the Pisces, martyr, victim experience, and about problems in community. And I would like to talk about the spectrum from pity to detached compassion. So you're going to, there's going to be a lesson in this. Believe me, as a teacher, this is not something that I do willy-nilly. These are, you know, there's a reason for everything that I do, whether you believe it or not. Or if I believe it or not, right? (laughs) Um, obviously you hear me laughing because there's been a lot of rainbows and a lot of beautiful people this week who has, who have been supported through this, um, nightmare process. Um, seeing my car crashed against a wall, um, not fun, not ideal. Um, but my partner has been there to support me, to drive the vehicle to, uh, help me get around from auto shop to auto shop and try to sort out where I'm going, what I'm doing, um, with this next step. And, you know, basically just like chance, right? I have a Hyundai and (laughs) it got stolen by some kids. Uh, there was all sorts of crap that the kids left in my car. French fries, sweet, um, hair wraps and, earrings and mascara and lots and lots of potato chips and bubblegum. <laughs> Love it. Love it so much. Um fortunately I have a friend here in Milwaukee that I met this spring and she let me park it in her driveway. Uh another vehicle that I had to park in her driveway for a short period and we tarped it and I burned so much so much sage in there. Um, I had to pull out the big guns people, you know, seriously to help to ameliorate the situation and the emotional detriment that this has created for me. Um, It doesn't feel good to be violated. I don't know if you have had theft occur, but we had a burglary last month. I've had a couple burglary situations in my life and it doesn't feel good to have somebody in your space. It's very violating, um, So I left the car overnight and I tried to figure out what I was going to do with it because you can't sell a busted vehicle. There are thousands of Hyundais in the Milwaukee area that nobody wants that are sitting waiting for parts <laughs> that um, that were crashed by kids. And adults are getting killed. Kids are getting killed in these um These chases, these runaway with the cars, these, um, I hate calling it joyride, but that's the word that the the police officers offered to me. Um to to make light of it, that these kids think that it's fun, that creating damage um is fun. Um this has touched almost every person I've talked to in the Milwaukee area, they know somebody who's had their car stolen. And some of them have had their car stolen twice. And the police are humiliated by these high-speed chases and the kids taking videos of uh, of the chases in the car and putting them on TikTok and Instagram, Snapchat, all the things, right? And it's it's humiliating for everyone. And it doesn't feel good as a, a new auto owner. I've had that car for two months and it got stolen and totally trashed. But the engine runs, the wheels are in good shape, so... Just like uh, the the dutiful healer that I call myself in some terms, right? Seeing the holistic, seeing the potential for everything to come back to a full state. um, I decided to commit to the car and I went and had it cleaned at Metro Car Detailing on Van Buren Street. Big shout out to Mason who has been there for all the stupid car stuff for this last year of living in Milwaukee. I feel like my, my friends are uh, people who work at businesses that I depend on. So um, Mason and his crew cleaned my car for free. They got the egg off the outside of the car so it wouldn't damage the paint. Uh, we got all the glass out of there. We cleaned the surfaces. We got the police fingerprint dust off of all the surfaces. And I took it to uh, get fixed. It's it's a lot, it's a lot to process. And just the day after I got it dropped off, I got a call that my, my mom fell off her horse and she broke her uh, upper bone in her left arm, her humerus, and she broke her elbow and uh, I can't be there to help her and she's she's covered you know the whole family's down there and a whole community willing and able to go and support her and to feed her and cook for her during this very long healing process and she's just in a lot of pain in the hospital and uh, had to postpone surgery because she came in on a Thursday and trauma units handle the greater trauma issues and apparently a broken bone on a 70 year old woman is less important. um, And that's okay. You know, Uh, obviously other lives are they matter, but it's hard to hear when you have uh, someone in pain, right? And I've had to sit with all this um, complete powerlessness and letting go letting go of any expectation that my car would come back. My massage table was in there, brand new massage table that I, I purchased from uh, Thai massage therapist Brittany, or Bridget, sorry, Bridget Ryan. I heard Brittany, like Bridget and Ryan put together. Anyone watch the Brittany Spears documentary in New York Times? Did you check it out? There's another one out on uh, on Hulu. Anyway, that's probably what's on my mind. But I had a, I had a massage table. I had my um, vintage suitcase in there that had all of my crystals and, and stones and my Schuster cards that were gifted to me by my mentor, Dorothy Cunningham. Um, a, a beautiful, uh, one-of-a-kind uh, Japanese dyed fabric that I use uh, as part of my kind of my zhuzh when I go and set up at pop-ups. My handmade sign uh, and everything got thrown out of the car, but the massage table was in the car so I was able to to get that no no glass no tears it was a really great feeling and I'm I'm so grateful to all the clients that I had last week for the 30 minutes for $40 uh, pop-up that I did for the equinox and for Libra season um, because it it kept me sane Um, service prevented me from suffering and that is part of the Pisces journey is from suffering into service that's the the martyrdom versus the victim mentality that comes with the energy of Pisces, and Pisces is connected with Neptune, this energy of divine consciousness. That sometimes we don't understand the inner workings of the greater mind that we're all a part of. You know, we're just ants in a colony, just sort of creating a bigger picture, a bigger dream together. And there's so many things that we don't know, and that we can't know, that we shouldn't know, honestly. Um, I, I'd love to think that we could read ahead to the end of the book, the next chapter, that we want to know what happens. I don't think that that's healthy. I think curiosity is. I think that hope comes with the Pisces energy, the hope and letting go of hope, the abandon of hope. Those dreams that exist in the Pisces realm, those bigger pictures and the visions and the inspiration and letting go of the outcome letting go of the expectation that comes with hope. You know, for those of you who are kind of familiar with uh, the way the wheel is set up, the 12 houses, um, the sign before Pisces is Aquarian. And Aquarian is about hopes and wishes and that like the future, right? And Pisces is where you let it all go so 11th to 12th house aquarian to pisces you build the image and then you dissolve it so from moving from suffering into service being able to help other people and to get outside of my drama <laughs> um, i think i handled it pretty well you know and that's that's the equanimity understanding that um, this was not my fault it was not my fault and that was really hard because I'm, I am the type of person with the Pisces moon and the Libra rising that I want to take responsibility for everything. I want it to be within my realm of control or to blame myself so that I don't have to blame other people. You know, that's part of the people pleasing aspect or fawning. What's your trauma response, right? <laughs> I laugh, but it's not funny. You know, I, these, these kids saw an easy target. Um, my friend Sonia called it candy, bright blue car. It's like candy. Look at that Hyundai. I'm just going to go jump into that car. So how do you respond to that? You know, I, I contacted Hyundai, contacted the police department. I, you know, contacted my insurance company. I did everything within my power and then I let it go you know, do I expect the insurance company to help me? No, they've made it very clear that they have no interest in helping, uh, no matter what, what the situation is. Um, and that's okay because I only, you know, contract with them for so much, but not theft and not a car being crashed a couple times, <laughs> 14 year olds. Right. So then I was thinking, how can I help the situation. Um, why is this such an such a problem here in Milwaukee? What's what's the deal here? How are these kids so nihilistic and hopeless, or that they think that it's okay to do this? That they think it's fun, you know? It's like it's like gang stuff, right? Like just very childish and no understanding, as well as not receiving any consequences. The police told me that they get taken to juvenile hall and then they're released the next day and then they'll go out and steal another car the next night. Um, So there is incentive for social bolstering, right? If it's cool, question mark, weird. Um, And that they're not uh, being held accountable um, by the system. So it's just perpetuating more nonsense. Like I said, the uh, you know, someone told me like your your car is going to get stolen again. You know, you should you know change the change the logos on there so it doesn't say Hyundai. And I maybe I'll send this episode to Hyundai to tell them about this um, because I I'm really upset and they made cars that uh, that are too easy to steal. <laughs> That's really messed up. Yeah, the clubs felt like something from the past, you know, like the 90s, you know, the commercials that we used to get the club, you know, having this like big metal thing on your on your wheel. But it's a deterrent. And I guess that's what I'm going to have to do moving forward. But I'm making peace with the situation. Um, I got a call uh, about, let's see, Friday. This is after I dropped the car off and a, a woman called me and said, hey, I found this blue suitcase on the road it has crystals in it and this blue scarf and your your cards and it says you're an astrologer um, could I could I have a reading in exchange for finding your suitcase and I burst into tears and my heart swole up because she didn't need to do that she didn't need to go into the middle of the road on North Avenue and pick up my suitcase that was not necessary but she did and she contacted me um, so today I went and did a reading, did a meditation, and I gifted her this beautiful amethyst crystal, and we did did a card reading. Um, this is not someone that I normally would have probably crossed paths with. I wouldn't have seen her at an event. She's, you know, she's a mom. She's got a busy life. We live on opposite sides of town, but service and connection, and um, she was an Aries. Isn't that really cool i'm an aries sun sign so i just say like wow but she went out of her way and um i am so appreciative i'm so appreciative of her so thank you whitney for getting my my case back to me um gave me hope you know Mason helping me clean the car out and not charging me anything um sending me to a, a great body shop Having this woman call me, um, having my friends reach out. And thank you to everyone who's donated so far and are asking questions so that I can gift it back to you, gift back to um, your gift. So thank you. I'm going to switch gears, um, you know, because I want to fit in all of the stuff, but, you know, the Pisces full moon this week was a huge release the difference between how we're trying to live our reality and trying to make space in our lives for the big vision of our own futures and trying to have compassion towards ourselves in that building process. What are you building? What are you creating for yourself? Libra season hit with the equinox on Wednesday. And this when the sun enters Libra, the, you feel the shift change. You feel the wind change. There's a totally different element to the way that we see things. There's not that busyness and that tightness There's really this connection point with other and our relationships, uh, which is, you know, what what Libra sort of represents, this idea of equilibrium and being the mirror for someone else. Libra is a cardinal, which means initiating uh, in the world, out in the world, expressing in the world, a cardinal air element sign. It is the second air sign um, if you start the zodiac with Aries uh, and it is opposite to Aries so later this month we'll have an uh, an Aries full moon and that will be really interesting because you have to check back in on like what wish face that you made back in, uh, in April during the Libra full moon during Aries season right so we always have to look during full moons as you know 6 months back what what seeds were you planting and what's come into fruition during this lunation period for yourself um air element is about communication it is that connection point that space that surrounds all things space inside of us within each cell the space of the mind the vast network of mental abstract and vision and connection and forming words. This idea of finding balance um, is reflected in the equinox and in the Libra glyph, the sign of the the scales of justice. And you'll see pictures of the heart and the feather being weighed. Um, I really love that imagery and, and where it comes from mythologically. Equilibrium is a process Um, especially with mars and libra right now there's there's that sense of constantly mechanically having to find center the variable is always changing if you can see your life in that way you know variables like a car getting stolen or a job change or a child bring being brought into the equation equations are always shifting with new variables So we have to find a way to center and to balance that and to add here and subtract there and not take things personally and is this me or is this them? So Libra is always challenged to find where their center point is rather than trying to balance everything external to them. Rather than trying to fix everything and harmonize everything and be nice to everyone around them. It's about finding center within yourself. Easier said than done, right? Finding center. This is what makes, uh, I think, Libra one of the more interesting signs because of the duplicity of their own nature. The, the, the common um, understanding that there's an indecisiveness that comes with Libra wanting a little bit of everything because you can see all the different paths all the different ways of moving all the choices that you get to make in your life what things are out of your control what can you postpone what can you put off on making a decision so you can still have your cake and eat it too well as libra stands on the fence trying to make a decision whether that's staying in a relationship for too long or being unhappy in a job or even picking out a paint color for their wall or an outfit for the day. Um, Some choices are simpler than others, but the more you hem and haw, the more you wait on the fence, the more it affects everyone around you and your own choices ahead. There's really easy manipulation that comes from uh, a Libra out of balance, mistruths, bent information, potentially. And this isn't to say put your uh, your guards up or your arms up uh, around Libra friends of yours. You know, I think that it's it's helping. <laughs> if you're a friend of a Libra, ask them to clarify. Ask them what do you really want. Help them to find that desire body inside them, so that they can make those choices with certainty and and self awareness and confidence. Right? I think that's that's where the Le- Libra equilibrium happens with the Aries confidence. And the Libra indecisiveness, always weighing your options. Well, sometimes you just got to cut through and make a choice. Um, take a step. <laughs> take a step. I have a Libra guest on today, um, Mackenzie. On Instagram, she goes by Dubs, And I met her at Kin in Des Moines, Iowa. And... Um, Mackenzie has a really beautiful story and such a such an engaging way of sort of recapturing it for herself. And I will let her tell her story. Um, but I think that it relates so much to things that are out of our control in life. And Mackenzie, I know you're listening, and I really honor you and, and thank you for, for showing up in my life and for being such an incredible cheerleader. And just know that I support and revel in the in seeing you grow into yourself and seeing you grow into your path and your journey and figuring out how you can be of service so that you're no longer suffering it's a beautiful thing so i mentioned the spectrum between pity and detached compassion i want to cover that really quick and maybe i'll make an infograph or online if i if i feel so motivated to do so but you know Challenging pity and sympathy and empathy and compassion into detached compassion is a lifelong journey. When we see other, right? Libra, other, the mirror of another person. Pity is when we say, oh, that's too bad. And you're secretly thinking, oh my God, I'm so glad that wasn't me. Sympathy is when we step a little bit further into that. Oh, I'm sorry, that sucks. That really, oh, I don't know. That that's that's really terrible, right? Bye. <laughs> it's taking off. Empathy is when we start to feel with that situation where we we see someone's pain and we can really connect with it in a new in a new way. We can imagine that happening to ourselves. We can imagine their suffering and their discomfort, but we still only feel sorry. We step into compassion when we understand that um, they can be helped. How can I help you? What can I do to support you during this really tough time? Um, But the difference between compassion and detached compassion is we understand and we trust that everything is unfolding exactly as it should, that we, we have no cause or consequence in a person's pain, suffering, growth, journey, evolution that uh, it's between them and their higher power. And sometimes that's hard. It's really hard to let go of people who want to uh, drive their life into a wall or, or a slow train wreck. You know, I think about, uh, you know, Al-Anon, my experience with, uh, you know, alcoholism in my own life, um, seeing people around me just destroy themselves, um, watching myself destroy myself and watching, you know, people close to me and sometimes there's nothing you can do. And that's the hardest uh, acceptance point in the compassion spectrum is learning to just let go. How can I be of service here? How can I show up for you when I need to? But there's, there's more boundaries with that, that. You're not responsible for other people. Um, that was your quick pity, sympathy, empathy, compassion, and detached compassion little primer there. Um, I want to take a moment to thank Kay Apothecary uh, for their continued support this last year. Um, Kay is closing as the owner, Andrea Gorsch, has taken a, uh, a career choice in Des Moines, Iowa and is moving out of Mount Vernon. Um, I think the last episode I hadn't realized that. So Andrea, I, uh, I caught up with your, your feeds and your videos and you've done so much to support your community there in Mount Vernon, to provide offerings online, um, and to really show how ephemeral life is. You, know, I, I, you built a dream, a vision, something incredibly passionate, beautiful, um, a business, more so than a business, but a, a place, an energy, a connection point. And it's dissolving. So I, I wish you so well on your journey and know that I will always continue to support you and to follow that path for yourself as you, as you move and change and go into the next step for yourself. And for all those listeners out in Mount Vernon, I, um, I am sorry for your loss as well. Uh, it's a K is a really special place and I'm glad that I stopped through when I could. Their last day as an open door was, was yesterday, Saturday the 25th. Um, so you might be able to check out K Apothecary online and still grab some stuff uh, from, from the vaults while it's still available. Uh, so go check that out, support K Apothecary as they are closing their doors for good and moving on to the next journey, the next chapter. I'm going to sign off for now and hand the mic over to Mackenzie. And um, I hope that you're staying inspired. hey hello hello do i sound okay to you can you hear me
0: yes can you hear me
1: yeah you sound great
0: okay good (laughs) um
1: mackenzie i'd love for you to introduce yourself um i mean you can just tell me your sun sign and where you grew up (laughs) how old you are what your full name is
0: okay um i'm mackenzie um i'm from des moines iowa I'm a Libra. Um, I just turned 26 this year. Um, yeah, I've lived in Des Moines since I was like six years old.
1: That's so, your home. Yeah. Yes. Sounds
0: like your home. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. My cat is on my lap right now. She just <laughs> jumped up. Of course. <laughs> What's her name? Oh, her name's Amy. She was a rescue kitty. We did not give her that name. It's such a human name.
1: I met a cat named Lisa yesterday while doing a Reiki reading, and I thought, wow, who gives human names to animals? But it happens a lot, you know, like Ed Ed the dog or Frank the cat.
0: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. It's so true. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. What else did you say to share? I forget.
1: (laughs) No, it's just a place to start from. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm meeting you uh, you know, just a couple weeks ago at kin in Des Moines. And I know that you were, um, kind of honoring a pretty, pretty sincere anniversary of an accident that happened. And I didn't know if you were comfortable sharing some of the details, what your life was like before what happened and what's, what it's been like in the healing process and how you honor, honor that date for yourself.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so five years ago um, I was in college at the University of Iowa, just kind of like crazy party girl. Um, yeah, I was just deep into partying and I was at a party at the Lake of the Ozarks for like a fraternity formal. Um, and it was like a weekend long thing. And on that Saturday that night i was on a second story balcony and um you know i don't remember how it happened that night or anything but what ended up happening was i fell from the second story and i broke my neck um, which pushed into my spinal cord and paralyzed me from about the shoulders down so i can move my arms and everything but I'm still paralyzed to this day. Um, It was definitely a scary, traumatic time. And I was very, very critical for, um, I wanna say the first two weeks afterwards, like they didn't know if I was gonna make it. Um, And during those two weeks, I hallucinated and had like out of body experiences and saw a lot, and it pretty much changed who I am. Um, It took me a few years to be able to process everything I went through. I kind of, I was in rehab for about a year afterwards, and then when I got home, I just kind of, it's not like I fell back into my partying ways, but alcohol definitely became the easiest way to cope with a lot that I'd been through mm. um, so actually I'm now currently like seven months almost seven months sober so that's the longest I've been sober since I was 15
1: that's amazing
0: yeah it, it really is it's definitely helped on my healing journey yeah
1: yeah, I don't I don't know if, uh, if you knew that about me that I'm I'll be celebrating 11 years of sobriety yeah. this fall.
0: Congratulations.
1: Yeah, and I really, really struggled with drug and alcohol abuse from age 12 on. Um, wow. It was harder, harder to find substances when I was, you know, 12, 13 years old. But you know, if you worked for it, you could, <laughs> you could find it. Yeah, but to hear that you have seven months right now is it's a it's a miracle. I think any any day that a person who struggles with substance abuse can get some sobriety in is a it's a beautiful day. You should be very Mm -hmm. proud of yourself.
0: Oh, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's definitely something I've struggled with since 15. Um, Mm -hmm. I was yeah, pretty young when I, I think I smoked weed for the first time when I was like 14. Mm-hmm. but um that was not my like drug of choice it was always really alcohol and mm-hmm. other like any pills that I could get my hands on right like just, pain painkillers or stress relief ones xanax what do you what were you yeah your, it was yeah. xanax that one was just the easy one to get your hands on um but well. yeah I don't know it's just something I always struggled with um What do you think that that
1: stemmed from, Mackenzie? Like, I mean, what were you trying to escape from? Or was it just the enjoyment of pleasure of being a little tipsy?
0: um, You know, I always have struggled with my mental health. Um, I think I was like 12 when I like first felt depressed or whatever. Um, I don't know. I think it was growing up with social media, like really didn't help. Um, the whole comparing started very young. I, it feels like I almost grew up with social media. Um, I don't know. And I always have felt like there's just like a void inside that I tried to fill. And it started with food, like when I was young. And then it just kind of, I started drinking so young that it evolved from food to drinking like overnight. Mm-hmm. Um, And it didn't help that I grew up in a household where there was also substance abuse going on, so I kind of like grew up seeing it, and I thought that it was acceptable, even though I think a part of me knew, like, that's not right, but, you know, when you're young, you don't really know. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's a if, if it's a learned behavior in your environment, and it's it's something kind of normalized. You know, I, I knew a lot of kids growing up that their parents, you know, actively use substances in front of their kids, and mm-hmm. so as a teenager, you think, oh, that's what adulthood looks like, even though there's a part of you that's like, just say no, right? Because those are yeah. other other feeds that we're receiving and this idea of social media and television and film and all of those things giving us different mixed messages about what what teen years look like or what Mm -hmm. what fun what fun looks like I think
0: yeah I mean did you ever see that movie um 13 with like Evan Rachel Wood I didn't have the
1: heart to do it but tell me about Mm -hmm. it
0: Uh, I saw that when I was probably like 13, 14, and it's almost like it's supposed to make you not want to go down like the drug, alcohol, stealing, all like that path. But I was just like, oh, I want to be like that. I don't know. I think I was just totally got the wrong message. It was almost like glamorized.
1: Yes, yes. Um, I am right there with you. Uh, mm-hmm. See when I when I was thirteen, it was a book by um, Drew Barrymore called "Little Girl Lost," and I think that I did like a book project on it. And the teacher actually called my parents, like, ah. <laughs> we "We're worried," you know, because because of like childhood drug substance abuse and alcoholism that was in Drew Barrymore's life. Uh, Not that I like love her show as an adult or anything like that, but I mean, she was kind of a big deal in 96 and, you know, you grew up in a, in a completely different era. Uh, I was in college when Facebook came out, Mm -hmm. um, probably like a junior in college. So to, to hear you say, you know, social media comparison, some of those anxieties came really early for you. Um, and that idea of glamor and social media, glamor and drug and substance abuse, Uh, you know, if if we're going to talk astrology, I know that you're really interested in astrology as you're learning it. Uh, Mm -hmm. those are contexts like related to Neptune and Neptune is such a dreamy spiritual planet. And I'm, I'm curious about where its placement was at the time of your accident, based on what you were sharing with me about the hallucinations and, um, you know, yeah. I'm more curious about what those, what that dreamlike state was for you after your accident, if if you can recall anything that you'd like to share.
0: Yeah, um, let me check and see actually where it was, because um, my natal Neptune, I think, is in my ninth house, mm-hmm. which you know kind of makes sense. Um, but yeah, so my initial, like the very first thing. That I remember happening after my accident was like four days later. Um, And the first thing I remember was just waking up to all these like doctors and nurses around me. Um, Okay, let me look. Neptune was in my 11th house Mm -hmm. in Pisces when that happened. Um, But yeah, waking up to these doctors and nurses all around me. and I have had sleep paralysis, like issues with that since I was probably 16 or so. And I've pretty much always struggled with nightmares. Mm. So I remember waking up in the hospital thinking like, oh my God, like this is a nightmare. Just wake up, Mackenzie, wake up. Um, and I was trying to pull these tubes out of my throat because they had like three mm. or four tubes down there for like, feeding tube a breathing tube and they had to like pin me down it was just very very scary and then they gave me like a shot of something and um the next thing I remember is like floating on my ceiling in the hospital room just like seeing my body it was very scary sorry I'm like tearing up Mm -hmm. um but Yeah, just floating on my ceiling, um, looking down at like my body, um, my kidneys actually started to fail. So my body, I accumulated almost 80 extra pounds of fluid just all around my body. And so I was, I almost looked like the marshmallow man. Um, So it was just very scary seeing myself like that and very confusing because I didn't remember what happened. I don't know if that's like part of the trauma response, just blocking out the memory, or if I had just like drank so much that I don't remember. There's really like no way for me to know. Right, um, because yeah, you was... have no, no
1: memories around the event. And did you ever experience pain other than the discomfort with
0: the tubes and all that? Um, very minimal pain I don't know if it was just like me being out of my body if it was the pain meds they put me on immediately Mm -hmm. Um, I just remember being so confused just so confused and like why can't I move my body Mm -hmm. that came later but yeah those initial hallucinations in like I remember this one they had the Wizard of Oz on the television like I don't know probably a week after and I was in my room and there were all these children in my room and I can like still see it in my mind and part of me like wonders if that's if they were like souls that were in the hospital because I mean they were there watching the movie and I don't know I think I was just so in between worlds for those first couple of weeks. I just saw a lot of things.
1: Do you think what you experienced was a, a near death experience, that out of body floating on the ceiling above yourself?
0: Yeah, it definitely was. Um, I guess at one point, I actually just found this out recently, uh, they couldn't find a heartbeat and I they, couldn't get a blood pressure on me so I think that means like I was technically deceased for a little while but um, I actually had to be life flighted so they took me to this like small town hospital that was by where the accident happened and my injuries were too severe for them to take care of so they had to life flight me to the University of Missouri. Just a weird experience to have had. Wow. Yeah, I know, I'm not the best at telling this story, I feel bad. No, it, it's, you know,
1: telling stories is just sharing, you know, the, the little pictures and the feelings and experiences we have and, they add up at some point, you know, you don't have to be an author to tell a story. It's part yeah. of our, it's part of our human makeup. It's our DNA to, to share. Um, I, I had no idea that you had, had died and came back. And I, I just, I'm so curious about that experience. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you floating, if, if you had any contact you know, people, you know, like the Ray Moody books talk about those near-death experiences that are common for people who flatline mm-hmm. and that they often see a tunnel or a light or even a deceased relative.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I, I know that you were, and you were pretty subdued considering that you were uh, inebriated during the incident, that there's days that you don't remember Um mm-hmm. But did you, did you ever have a moment where you said, I, I want to come back? I want to be in my body. Or did that ever occur to you?
0: You know, um, I don't remember ever seeing a tunnel or anything, but I do remember it almost felt like I was like in a council and like, I just remember feeling like, I don't know, like I was confused as to what was going on, mm-hmm. um, And I feel that I didn't get a choice whether I got to come back. I feel like they were like, no, you're going back. Huh? Um, (laughs) Yeah, I know. Like I still have business to take care of or something. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, That's definitely been something that I've been trying to figure out, like what I'm supposed to do with this second chance at life. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like I have some sort of purpose, but I'm still figuring it out. But yeah, that, that council, like I, there were no faces that I saw, but I remember like, like big, um, being like in a hall almost. And they were like, it almost like Harry Potter. Hmm. Like, uh, the, in the last movie or whatever, where he's in the hall. Oh, I don't remember what happened, but where they're like seats, seats higher up of people hmm yeah yeah and then yeah they were like no you're going back so.
1: <laughs> that's pretty amazing um yeah i mean i i don't i don't think the word amazing really gives credit to that type of experience and the weight of what how it shaped your journey mm-hmm. um You know, I'm I'm curious to know like the the before and after picture of what this looked like. You know, because you have Sun in the fifth house in Libra, which is very much pleasure seeking and fun and risk taking. Mm -hmm. Um, And and you described yourself like I was just like a like a bratty party girl. I was just this kid, a little carefree, didn't want to grow up. Or yeah, yeah. I mean, it and sounds I'm, like you were really sensitive because of your, your substance abuse is coming up so early. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: And now you have an interest in, you know, s- spiritual things and like taking, finding meaning in your life or how you can help somebody else out there. But yeah. you know, t- tell me about what, what it was like
0: before and, and how your life has changed now. Yeah, I was definitely like very sensitive and the substance abuse started very early. Um, you know, I think I, I was just like bullied when I was younger and I feel like a lot of people were, um, I was cyber bullied before cyberbullying was even a thing. Um, I don't know. There's just, there's so much, um, I was definitely very into partying and, but I was also like smart, it, like school smart. I always got good grades. Um, I don't know if it was like burning uh, from both ends or whatever that saying is.
1: Oh, burning the candle at both ends and oh, oh, the light. Yes.
0: Yes. It was kind of like that. Like I got the good grades, but I also had a very active social life. But it was almost when I was 17 is when like the partying started to take over. And I started hanging out with people who were way older and just... I don't know, and then once I got to college, it kind of just was downhill from there. Um, Very much about partying, and then like traumas would happen, like assaults, and I didn't know how to process those. So I would kind of like drink through that. And it was one of those things where I didn't talk about it with anyone because I just assumed everyone kind of went through that. Oh, young Mackenzie so naive
1: <laughs> i hope you have some compassion for her you know oh, yeah
0: yeah lots of sending that past me love that's what i've been doing a lot this past 6 months really yeah, yeah. You, know, you you were doing the
1: best that you could with what information you had in front of you i mean that's true of all of us is you know it, it's not like you had Foresight or hindsight? At that time, you were you were young, mm-hmm. you know. um So Very let's.
0: <laughs> oh, gosh. So
1: I mean, you don't you don't remember the accident? You know what happened at you know at in the lake of the Ozarks? Um, mm-hmm. And you said that you had about a year of rehabilitation just to get use of your arms and upper body again. How how? what was it like when you kind of came back into your body and realized that you couldn't move, you know, 70% of it?
0: Yeah, it was a weird thing. So also during the accident, it like I don't know if I landed on my knee, but I shattered my right kneecap. So um, I figured they put me in a leg immobilizer. So I figured that was why I couldn't like move my limbs <laughs> And once I kind of got more lucid and after probably a month, I was in the ICU for the first two months. Um, So after probably like a month and a half is when I kind of, they took me off the stronger stuff and I became more lucid and more aware and I started asking questions like, why can't I get up and... Take a shower over there. Like, why do I have to be getting these bed baths? And they were like, Oh, um, you're just not ready. Like they were being real gentle and kind about it. And then it just all kind of sort of dawned on me one day. I was actually watching like Forrest Gump in the hospital room. And he said it was uh Lieutenant Dan. He was like, Do you know what it's like to not be able to use your legs? And like that just like hit me like a ton of bricks I was like oh my god I'm paralyzed like that's why I'm in a neck brace and all of that it just kind of wasn't all at once thing and I just like started bawling and crying and I was on a ventilator still so I had to be very very careful not to get too much fluid going down my throat because then it goes into my lungs and so it's almost like I wasn't allowed to cry, but I needed to cry. Yeah, it was um, it was like a weird experience. It, I almost didn't realize that by breaking breaking your neck, that's how you ended up paralyzed. I was just so I don't know naive to it. Yeah, so it it was definitely a wake up call and. I figured, like, within a few months, I'll be walking again, and so then, after a few months passed, and I was still just using my arms, uh, I wasn't walking, it just kind of, like, with every, um, milestone, like, after six months, after a year, it was just kind of, like, I almost got more depressed as the time went on, and, um, I think it was after like two and a half years that I was like, time to accept it, time to figure out how I'm gonna live life in a wheelchair. And that was like a really hard thing that I had to come to terms with.
1: I'm curious how people treat you differently now and how you would like to be treated. And if there's any other like influencers out there, um, I mean, I, I follow a lot of accounts that um, give voice to disabled people, of different variations. And I think of this, oh, I forgot the guy's name. He's really good looking and he was, a, he was an athlete and he broke his neck on accident doing a tumble. And so he's paralyzed from the waist down and uses uses his voice on his account to share with people about, you know, these, these things that happen as an accident that when you're a person who was not always disabled. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, if, if, if this isn't too sensitive, of course, Mackenzie. Oh, no. Yeah, no.
0: Um, yeah, you know, so for me personally, I like really, really struggled with Uh, forgiving myself and um like even still I still struggle with it just because I was like drinking at the party it's not like anyone forced me to drink so I was like really really mad at myself for a very long time and so I think I took this injury a lot harder than like people that were say like in a car accident or something um But yeah, I just, I think that me being like so hard on myself, even before my accident, I was hard on myself. So after it just kind of magnified that. And so I didn't go out in public a whole lot. And then even with like COVID, like that just kind of like forced me back into my comfort zone this past year. But um, those first couple of years, I was just like, to, um, I don't know it's not like I was embarrassed but I was too self-conscious and like anytime someone would give me like a weird look I'd like come back to myself and like be like this is your fault I don't know I was just really mean to myself for a long time so whenever like people would look at me different in public I just they were probably just curious thinking back on it but people definitely treat me different than they did before which you know it's like not a it's not like people purposefully do that it's more of like a how society sees people um, who are in wheelchairs or like disabled people it's almost like uh it just needs to be unlearned um I heard this woman one time she said I don't feel as disabled as other people make me feel. And like that really resonated with me because a lot of times I, when I'm in public, I don't see the wheelchair. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like I forget that I look different until I notice people looking at me differently. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense.
1: It does. Yeah. I think that quote is really helpful. I think for able-bodied people to consider how gaze, you know, beyond just like a curious passing or an eye contact, you know, people stare or they're trying to figure out what happened to you. Do you, do you Mm -hmm. feel, do you feel like people, it's kind of like, you know, when someone dies, they go, how did it happen? That's the first question. And I think it's because all of us are so terrified of our mortality and, Mm -hmm. and that, that quiet fear of death. Is it going to hurt What's it, what's going to, what's going to happen because there's so many unknowns. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so when we see, you know, if you see somebody who's injured or if I see somebody who's injured, we're like, you know, how, like, how do we respond to that? Usually empathically because we're human and we know that it could easily have just as much happened to me as it did to you or to somebody else. Mm
0: -hmm. So
1: has it taught you anything about, um, I don't know, like interactions with people. You're a Libra son. Like, have you been like, oh, hi, how are you?
0: (laughs) Yeah, um, you know, I wish I was more outgoing. I'm kind of like almost an introverted Libra now. It's so weird. Uh, But yeah, you know, I wish I had like a better story. Like I saved my family from a fire or something, you know, because I don't love telling people what happened. It's just almost like a, I wish it could have happened in a better way, but I don't know. I don't see a whole lot of people who are also disabled. Like, I mean, just the other day, actually at the gym, I did see another wheelchair user and I'd never seen him at the gym before. So I was like, hello. You,
1: you know, you kind of spend a couple of years pretty introverted. Um, What? what you, what got you, what shook you up to, to think about, you know, maybe I need to stop drinking. Maybe I need to really get some long-term sobriety. And, you know, you're about to start this spiritual healing journey with a mentor for 12 weeks, this whole Mm -hmm. program. Um, so I'm curious, like what, what it's like now for you.
0: Yeah. Um, so it actually took, you know, I, after my accident, it's not like I struggled with alcohol the way that I did before, Um, it was more of like a crutch for a while Mm -hmm. because then I was involved with legal stuff and that was that really put me in like a bad depression because it's almost like they were trying to put a price on my life because I you know my entire life changed after this like literally every single aspect Mm -hmm. so that really was really tough and it ended um, I want to say, like, six months before COVID hit, so it's kind of, like, I finally just started to feel better, and, like, be able to kind of move on, and then COVID hit, and then that's when my drinking really kind of became, like, a, like, that was my crutch, that was my coping, and my birthday was in September, and I remember even just, like, the month before my birthday, I was thinking like, all right, like time to maybe cut back on the drinking. But then I just wanted to like, have a good time on my birthday, you know? Mm -hmm. And then it was, I was hearing like a voice in the back of my head almost saying like, it's time. I just remember it being like real calm and quiet. And I interpret that as like my intuition just knowing like it was time. Um, yeah, so a couple of weeks after my birthday, it was actually like the Bachelorette uh, premiere or whatever. And um, I hadn't been like drinking during the week at that point, And that was on a Tuesday. And I just remember drinking too much and I got into a fight with my mom And I just, like, was so, like, victim mode every time I drank. So I woke up the next day, and, like, my depression was just so bad. Like, I just, you know, I just did not want to be alive anymore. And I just felt like I had no purpose, and I just stayed in bed that whole day. And I just, like, cried the whole time, and I don't know. I just that day I just decided like time to like let's just try taking a break from the alcohol Mm -hmm. and just see what happens and I remember like going to my therapist a couple of days later and I'm very open with her and I've been seeing her for a few years I'm so grateful to have found her because they tried to set me up with therapists while I was in the rehabs and I just did not click with them at all um, so it was like a bad fit and I just kind of felt like I had to deal with these emotions on my own so when I found my therapist it was like oh you know mm-hmm. yeah. Uh-huh. So the light I, yeah exactly and so I was telling her about this and how I've been feeling like this for a while and she said something that kind of will always stick with me, like you um, not being alive is just not an option, like that's not an option, you need to like care about yourself, you deserve to be here, that was something I really struggled with for a long time, was just feeling like I didn't deserve to still be here, because I had a friend who actually passed away like six months after my accident, from a drug overdose and he was just such a like a bright amazing person and I almost felt like he deserved to be here more than I did oh my gosh sorry I'm crying no
1: it's to to lose someone so young and to not have closure and you can't you can't weigh yourself against another soul we're all valuable Mackenzie
0: oh yeah yeah I definitely know that Um. now but yeah so I just really during that time I just decided I needed to like hermit mode like close in on myself and just like figure myself out and then during that time like it was actually like a week later I was on TikTok. (laughs) TikTok has like so many good things and bad things but it brought this, like, mentor into my life, and he, um, I don't know, something about, like, the way he says things and words things just really resonates with, I don't know, just, like, in my soul, like, it just makes perfect sense, you know, Mm -hmm. and he really helped me, like, get out of victim mode, and that was kind of, like, the first step, um, towards my healing journey. And then it's just kind of been ever since then, just working on myself, like working on, like cutting out the toxic things and just really caring about myself, you know?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And I found, I found astrology like before my accident, but then um, it seemed like every winter when I'm like stuck inside in the cold is when I would go back to it. Mm -hmm. And um, that kind of happened again this year. And uh, I've really, really gotten very into astrology. I found an astrology teacher Mm -hmm. and she's awesome too. So just a lot of stuff. Thanks to COVID.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We couldn't do it alone that's what, that's why COVID showed up. Um, yeah. Well, are there any, are there any insights into your chart that have, have helped you, um, you know, just to understand yourself better or some of the, the placements of the planets or some of the movements that were happening? What, what kind of insights have you gained?
0: Yeah. Um, so I was going through a lot of, uh, 12th house transits and, um, let me, let me take a look. Pluto was in my ninth, and there was something going on. It was conjunct my natal Neptune. Neptune, mm-hmm. And I think even Uranus. But yeah, um, just a lot of my natal Pluto is in Scorpio. So that gives me like a lot of transformative powers or whatever so that makes me feel a little bit better um yeah I don't know there's been a lot and it's hard to like categorize it all and remember it all really there's just so much to it
1: well because it's I don't think that it's supposed to be this heady process of um well this happened because of this but if it can if it can shape some meaning or alleviate some of the anxieties that we have about why do bad things happen? Or Mm -hmm. in turning this into the challenges into an opportunity for forgiveness and an opportunity for growth. And you've been going through this whole layer after layer of kind of Mm self-effacement and the pain of forgiving yourself for something that was out of your control in -hmm. so many ways. Uh, that's a Neptune aspect right there. Um, but it sounds like you're really, you're, you're making some massive shifts in your mental thinking. And I guess when you, I don't know what it's like, you know, to, to be you Mackenzie, but, you know, to, to only be able to have access to like your arms and your very upper body. And, you know, you can, you can express yourself, you know, Mm -hmm. the arms and the heart, um, but, you know, that limitation of what gives pleasure, you know, there's a lot of mental time there. And the more mm-hmm. you can make friends with your mind and your history and your experience. Um, I know for me in, in recovery, that was massive because I just hated myself so much. It was self-destructive. Mm-hmm. And there's oh, this yeah. whole whole other layer with your story.
0: Yeah, I really, that's like, that was my issue for a long time from like 15 to, 25 26 is like just so much self-destructive behaviors I just don't fully understand yet I think maybe during this 12-week healing journey I'll be able to maybe uncover some stuff but yeah it's just been even just doing like the healing work before like I did like shadow work that's kind of what made me take a look at my drinking habits and how it literally has never been a good character in my story or whatever and just um I forget what I was gonna say you said something before and it made me think of something um I don't know even doing like I did like a past life reading um a few months ago and she determined she actually said that like a big accident like this is usually not like truly truly an accident it's usually something that we pre-plan like before we even incarnate into our lives so just that kind of has helped me even if it's true or not um just knowing that maybe I did plan this for like the life lessons it's taught me. Mm-hmm.
1: I think that's a healthy attitude to take that whether or not that that's true, it, it helps to alleviate some of the pressure.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It. I mean, I've learned so much about like life, other people, myself, ever since this has happened. And I've actually like started to feel almost grateful for this experience. <laughs> in a weird way, even though, like, my day-to-day, like, routines have changed, and, like, they're still really hard, like, even just getting out of bed, um, I'm lucky enough that I'm able to get out of bed myself, because a lot of people that have my same level of injury, um, they don't have access to those muscles that you need to transfer yourself from, like, bed to wheelchair, Mm -hmm. so something that i've really been like trying to remember remind myself of every day it's like it could have been worse you know um and just focusing on like what i still have rather than all the things that i've lost and focusing on like this didn't happen to me it happened for me that's something that i like need to get tattooed on myself somewhere
1: (laughs) I think you'll remember it.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh,
1: well, i I really would love to to check back in with you in twelve weeks after you go through this this program to see what's changed for you. It sounds like you've done so much work, and I know that you're you're wanting to continue to evolve and find your place and your purpose. And. I mean, you are enough just by virtue of being Mackenzie and and don't forget that. Um, Thank you. And I I think you have a beautiful story to share. And, you know, I don't imagine you like going to high school assemblies and like warning kids of the, you know, the stupid mistakes that we make. I don't feel like that's your your sole purpose. Yeah. I I feel like if that karmic council said you're going back, you know, (laughs) yeah. you have you have so much growing to do, and you're right where you need to be. Uh, you're you're still a kid. i I can't imagine doing what I'm doing when I was your age. You know it, it mm-hmm. takes it takes linear time to integrate the healing cycles and processes of our life and it sounds like you're well well on your way into the journey and I'm I'm so honored that you would you would share your heart and your feelings about this experience and I can't I can't wait to see where you go with this.
0: Oh, well, I'm like so honored that you even want me on your show. I've just been listening to your podcast throughout this COVID winter. Like you're definitely someone that I look up to, so like that means a lot to hear from you. <laughs>
1: ah uh, shucks <laughs> i'm like literally like digging my foot into the ground like oh yeah geez. yeah. i'm i'm so honored that your mom got us connected that kin got us connected yeah. And, um yeah we'll we'll be in touch and uh good luck on this the 12 weeks and i'll talk oh, to you on the other you. end of it
0: <laughs> or okay, sooner yes. I hope. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i'll probably like text you about astrology or something oh
1: no doubt <laughs> Cool. All right. Well, I'll let you off the recording and you have a beautiful afternoon. Thanks for making an hour for me. Appreciate yes, you so of much.
0: Course. I appreciate you. <laughs> okay. Talk okay. soon. All right. Bye.
1: So I sent that recording along to Mackenzie before I published the episode. Um, it's really important to me that having guests on here that they feel um, safe and supported when I'm sharing these really personal journeys. Um, you know, these are not celebrities that I'm talking to. They're real life people that could be your neighbor or your best friend or a teacher. So I gave a call to Mackenzie on her birthday and we checked in and she listened and said, you know, I sounded really sad. Um, I've changed so much. I'm, I'm ready to to do another interview. So, we actually had like a 30 or 40 minute call before we even got on the interview. And she had just gotten back from Sedona. It was the first time uh, being down in that area and just feeling really um, amazing in that sunshine and in the landscape and all the energy that's down there. And she finished up that 12 week course that she talks about in the interview. And so here is Mackenzie coming out on the other end of that um, with a lot of new information and healing available to her. Um, I think my greatest takeaway was that our trauma is not our fault. Our healing is our responsibility. So here's our conversation from the 27th of September. So welcome back, Mackenzie. We did an interview at the beginning of the summer, I think. And mm-hmm. I I just feel like you've come a long way, and you felt like you had more to say, and I want to give you space to do that. So uh, here we are on the first official day of Mercury retrograde in Libra. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes,
1: a, a day past your birthday, Miss Libra, Gemini rising, yeah. Gemini moon, and um, I I want to hear about your your twelve week journey. I want to hear about Sedona. I want to hear about your birthday. And I also want to hear about your astrology studies and any thoughts you had on mercury retrograde and what that means to you and and what you want to share with others in your process.
0: Yeah. I mean, oh, this summer has been like a really healing time. Um, I did do this healing journey, like after eight or 10 weeks, um, We suddenly lost one of our people that was in this group. Uh, She had a surgery and um, she was fine and then she had a blood clot and suddenly passed away. Um, So that in a way brought us very close and um, we had to heal a lot from that individually and like together and um, oh, I can't believe I'm like getting teary already. but yeah, and that was just like one little aspect of it. And um, we went through and healed a lot of our like past traumas, not necessarily discussing everything with each other, but we just held space for each other and we felt all the emotions we needed to feel and just having like a community be with you as you're like on a healing journey, it's kind of gives you that comfort and I don't know extra healing ability. I feel like, I don't know, I had never really um, heard anyone talk about doing like a healing group like this. And I don't know, it has been really good for me. And um, I feel like I've grown a lot, even just since like our first call, like, listening back on that, I feel like I feel a lot differently. And um, I'm just in a different headspace than I was. Um, I've just processed another like level deeper and maybe even another level after that and I've grieved I've felt everything I needed to feel I've released I've released again and I've released again you know I just lots of releasing I just feel like I've finally let go of what has happened and like let go of all these past traumas and not let them define me anymore and um I just am finally, like, ready to, you know, move on with my life, find out what my next chapters are supposed to be, and figure out what I'm supposed to do with my life, and, you know, just accepting my life for what it is. I feel like even just a few months ago, I was, like, not ready to fully accept, like, my life, and I could say that I accepted it as much as I wanted, but I didn't feel it like deep down. Now it feels like I believe it in a way. And I believe that like I deserve to move on with my life and live life and experience all that life has to offer. And I'm just, I don't know, I'm in a better headspace now. So <laughs> uh, we share the name of that program that you did. Um, It is called The Clarity Code, and it's with uh, Danielle Kettlewell. Um, She goes by the unlikely Olympian on social media. Um, She went to the Olympics, and um, I don't know, she's just this really incredible person, and she's got this amazing aura, and she's very caring and kind, and she, I don't know, she has the capacity to hold so much space for so many people, and just grateful. And actually, her fiance was um, my first like spiritual mentor, and he introduced me to her. And that's kind of how I got connected to these people. And mm-hmm. it's been a fun little, I mean, not like always fun, but like definitely quite a healing journey. and very rewarding. I honor that you gave yourself the chance to be seen.
1: And to mirror and see other people in that process. And you know, just as well going back to listen to your interview and seeing how far you've come. And that's one of my favorite things about doing these interviews is it's like this checkpoint, this roadmap, yeah. you know, going back and, and being able to hear an interview of yourself. And even just after 12 weeks, you you said to me, I, I just feel like I can't believe how quickly I've
0: shifted. Yeah. I feel like I was almost like stuck for like years just stuck in my own traumas and like I just didn't know how to find a way out and like I really was just stagnant and stuck in those cycles and Mm -hmm. I don't know finding these people helped me like get out of that cycle and then Mm -hmm. finding astrology and just kind of like realizing that I don't know life is just a big cycle and you have to like do different things to get different outcomes and I don't know it's just all amazing
1: (laughs) I didn't feel like you were were wallowing necessarily last time that we spoke um but considering what what you've (laughs) well what what you've been through you know and maybe feeling like fully responsible for something that was really outside of your power you know like Mm -hmm. the, the circumstances and how things played out you know, or, tr- or trying yeah. to replay the circumstance. You know, I I know that that happens in all kinds of situations where we go back and we think through if we had done things differently, which is very Libran, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, um, definitely. I, air sign or something. <laughs> yeah. I'm also curious. Um, you know, if if uh, you could give some of the advice to somebody out there who may be in a similar circumstance, um, whatever kind of pain that someone's going through what was a what was a key piece of information that helped you to move on and out of this space that you were in for so long?
0: You know, I feel like I so I had been going to therapy for a couple of years at that point. Um, and like I'm forever grateful for her. She has been like such a rock in like my own healing, but it's almost like um, the spiritual aspect had been missing. I think just realizing that our trauma wasn't our fault but like our healing is our responsibility and just like that even just like meditating on that and like figuring out exactly what that meant for me um that was a big thing that kind of broke me out of like being stuck in victim mode because I did feel like such a victim for so long like I just felt like it was, like, the world against me almost, Um, and then just kind of taking responsibility for, like, my thoughts, words, actions, basically, like, what I can control. I can't control, like, I can't go back in time, no matter how many times I wish I could, Um, but just kind of, yeah, taking responsibility for what I can and just recognizing that no matter how alone I feel throughout this whole process, like I'm not the only person who has become paralyzed and, um, who has experienced like other traumas that I have. Um, cause that was a big thing. I felt alone for so long. That was like a story I repeated to myself all the time. Like I'm so alone. Um, but just realizing that I'm not alone. And, um, I don't know just also realizing that there's lessons to be learned throughout this and just like thinking back on how many life lessons I have like genuinely learned from this injury alone and like the point that I'm at right now is a place I never thought I would get to like I used to almost hold this standard for myself that like I'll never be happy unless I'm walking again and like that was like damn like I don't know I can't believe I ever like said that to myself um so just learning to accept myself and like forgive myself forgiving myself was like a really big one and I feel like this whole like journey I've been on has been like almost a journey to like know myself better and I think going back through those traumas like in that class that I was in um kind of makes me, like, realize some things, like, maybe that's why I'm this way, and um, no one told me this, but when you're, like, going back through traumas, sometimes, like, older traumas that, like, are more deeply suppressed sometimes come through, and that happened to me, and, like, it was scary, and, like, lots of emotions were coming up, but um, it kind of was, like, almost a little puzzle piece that I had been missing I'm like oh okay like maybe that's why the way I am and I don't know just getting to know myself better and forgiving myself and like loving myself sending love to like that past version of me and I don't know it has been like a journey (laughs) I don't know how else to say it but yeah it's It's so hard when you're peeling back
1: the layers of the onion, you know, because it gets stinky Mm. and your eyes are burning and your fingers are burning and wrinkly and then you just like go deeper and it's even stinkier and burnier. (laughs)
0: That's so true. Yeah. Um, But Ah. yeah, just, I don't know, being like kind and to yourself and like giving yourself compassion and we're just here for experiences and we're not here for perfection or anything like that we're just all I think you say it earth school or something is that what you yeah. call it
1: I call it university yeah. Plan- yeah university planet earth that's what my teachers always called it so I do too yes
0: yeah well I'm like that's it's so true we're just all learning and doing the best we can so yeah um
1: I'd love to hear about your, your thoughts on your own astrology. You know, you have this unaspected sun that's being highlighted right now because it's your solar <laughs> return and you're having yes. your lunar, which is, it's a progression aspect that you're having your lunar return and you had a Venus return recently while you were in Sedona, but maybe yeah. tell me about what, what you think of how, you know, we we were just talking earlier about how you can't really understand transits until you experience them. And it's a slow burn. And it takes time to integrate the information that's being reflected in our own astrology makeup.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I do these lunar returns, like every month, um, I look at the chart, and I just kind of see like, what the energies are going to be like for the next month. And like, even that I'm still like I don't know like a hundred percent like I'm still so new to it but um I think just experiencing like like this is probably my first Venus return since I've like been you know intensely studying the um, astrology Mm -hmm. and I did notice I was feeling like more optimistic than usual and like so my in my natal chart I have Venus and Jupiter conjunct so like those are like that's probably my favorite part of my chart Um, Mm -hmm. in Scorpio uh, yeah it's I don't don't know know how how to interpret that energy quite yet but I have Mm -hmm. been noticing I'm like diving more into like the esoteric and like occult and trying to learn more about that so maybe that's it but Mm -hmm. um I think what's important is that astrology is not causal it's reflective so it's not like you can't control your transits or anything Um, and so it's just been like I journal every day so I kind of like journal and then I go back and write down like what transits were going on that day and lunar transits are what my teacher is teaching us to like do right now is just like pay attention to where the moon is and what sign it's in and like the things that you do each day um and it's funny like sometimes when I don't um like pay attention to the transits and I go back and look I'm like oh my god that is so like moon in first house you know type of thing or like moon in the 10th I don't know it's just all so interesting and oh my like son in the fifth house, my natal, it makes a lot of sense because I am like I love to have fun and I don't always love to be like center of attention, but I think I used to be more like that. Um, I don't know. It's all just interesting, and I love it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: what transits were happening at the time of your accident that you feel are reflective of that experience? And what, what healing transits do you think you're experiencing now um, through the summer?
0: Um, uh, Let me think. I think when I was like during my accident, I had um, a lot of 12th house transits because my 12th house has Taurus intercepted. Mm-hmm. And it was Taurus season, of course, which rules the neck. So I don't know if that has something to do with it. Um, it was definitely a lower expression of the energy. I think I was just operating like low, low vibration at that time, just in the midst of addiction and full blown, like, I don't know, trauma response. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I was listening back and it had me interested So um, Neptune was square my natal moon at that time so that kind of makes sense to the hallucinations I was having or like the otherworldly you know experiences maybe and um, the moon was conjunct Pluto in the sixth house and I think sixth house can rule accidents even and you know my chart my final dispositor is Pluto so that just kind of I'm a regeneration type of gal I guess I don't know
1: well Mackenzie thanks for coming back on to chat with me and we'll just have like a nice long extended interview and um, I, I really appreciate what you shared about how much you you've grown I don't want to say changed Mm -hmm. it's like you're you're transforming which is very much that Jupiter Venus aspect in your chart and uh just to remind you that Jupiter is the planet of mastery and it's in the house of the masters and doing the deep work the deep psychological drive towards finding your truth Uh, is a real gift to experience from the outside. And um, I know that there's so many people support you, but I am um, one of of your biggest fans. And I think it's really cool how
0: you're growing into
1: yourself and and accepting yourself. And that I know that you'll be able to help a lot of people. Can't wait to see you after your Saturn return. (laughs) I'll have
0: to come back every year and do an interview.
1: All right, we'll check in. Every Libra season, Mackenzie's coming up.
0: Oh, my gosh. Yes. Oh, my gosh. All my transformations. <laughs> I love it. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me again. And oh, I just really, I felt really sad for myself listening to that interview. So I want people to know I'm okay, and I'm doing better. And I've processed more and oh, just, yeah, grown since then. <laughs> Keep going. Yeah. Well,
1: you deserve that attention and you deserve that acceptance and self-love. Every sentient being deserves that. And I'm so glad that you're taking the time uh, to move from, you know, old patterns of victimization into new patterns of discovery and taking this pile of shit and turning it into compost so that you can grow and plant flowers for other people, Libra.
0: Yes. Oh, yes. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Oh, well, thank you so much. Okay.
1: And that was Mackenzie coming up and sharing her journey, her story, and as well having a follow-up conversation with me. Um, We did get into Mercury retrograde and some other conversations about astrology, but uh, right on point. Uh, It seems that my audio got a little bit garbled on some of those conversations about Mercury. So uh, just trim that up. Keep it slick, streamlined for all you listeners out there. Uh, I will post Mackenzie's account, Macdubs, on Instagram. You can follow their journey. Um, I'm so grateful and appreciative that she and I connected um, back at Kin. One of my trips this year, having an opportunity to do a reading with her and just connecting the dots, which is what I love to do. This is Lauren K. Hickman. Thank you for listening in to the Inspired Astrology podcast. Uh, you can support the work by joining the Moon Mailer at laurenkhickman.com. You can find me on Instagram under the same handle. Uh, book a reading connect with me in some way or another i love hearing back from my audience Um, and of course supporting the work with your financials is just as helpful as you passing on the word so if you want to venmo or apple pay me or whatever we do in the digital age um, i certainly appreciate that and i hope that you are taking good care of yourself in this mercury retrograde season we'll talk more about that next week next episode and until then stay inspired Thank you.